Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our show, A Balanced Life for You, where you design the life of your dreams. And I'm your host today, Rhonda Cimarelli. I'm a certified transformational coach, helping mompreneurs double their income and balance that juggling act. Well, today on my show, I have a really super, um, super guest, and I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Um, Her name is Dee Dee Shaw, and she is a certified weight management coach since 2007, and she's been involved in the wellness industry for almost two decades. She has experienced on nutrition and natural solutions with lots of experience with pregnancy, health, and postpartum weight relief. She's a mom of 14 and has impacted thousands of lives through her coaching business, and she has spoken and trained from across stages across America. Now, she's also known as the creator of Skinny Dipping, which you can read all about it at www.soakyourselfslimmer.com, and she's going to tell you a little bit more about it. So, Dee Dee, are you there today? I am. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You are um, so amazing. You have a great background for two decades in the wellness industry, and some your experiences with uh, pregnancy and postpartum and such. I'm, I would love to, you know, just to have you take a moment or two and let's kind of start with where you are right now, about your business, what you do, and who you help. Could you do that for us? Oh, I would love to, Rhonda. Thank you. Um, those 14 are all biological, so that's why I say I have lots of experience with pregnancy and, and postpartum weight relief. Um, and honestly, you know, I, I really think that our passions are usually driven by some pain in our life. And for me, my entire adult life, I have struggled with weight. I have um, my entire family, uh, both sides, um, morbidly obese, lots of health issues. And I was just determined not to go that route. So I sought different answers and found those answers. Um, through nutrition um, and the wellness industry. And so that's really what led me um, to become a weight management coach and to get involved in the wellness industry. I um, love what I do. On uh, my my weight management coaching, we call it Metamorphew. And I, I think you would agree as a coach that most of the times when you're coaching somebody, you really have to touch in all arenas of life. Um, you you get one arena under control and the other arenas begin to balance out as well. And so um, I have metamorphic coaching. We have a detox program. I love to, to help people that are struggling with health conditions and, and, and specifically when it revolves around weight because when you can help people get a handle on um, chronic pain and, and health issues. You can also help people uh, manage their weight as well. And it just gives them their life back. And I, honestly, people tell me all the time, Dee I don't know how you do what you do. And when I tell them it's because I take care of myself and, you know, I drink this green pond scum every day, um, they, they really don't believe it. But Honestly, I think um, if we don't focus on managing our health, um, it will definitely be something at some point in our lives that manages us. I agree with you 110%. I like how you said that. If we don't manage it, it will manage you. And I, you're, so tr- you're so right. Um, we have so many different arenas in life that when one area 
we straighten one out, it does tend to straighten out others. Same is true for if we have challenges in one primary arena, it usually affects everything else. Um, so that was, I love how you said that. What, what I found was um, very interesting that I caught was you, you said you, you were determined not to do that. You talked about your family and both sides being obese. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, so forgive me. Uh, did you struggle yourself with having um, weight issues other than being pregnant? Um, I never allowed it to get the best of me. Um, but yes, my entire my entire adult life, I have had to battle against it. Um, it. You know, when I was a teenager, you could probably say I had some eating disorders. I wasn't anorexic or bulimic, but it was it, it it almost was obsessive to me to manage that because I didn't want it to get out of control. And you know, when you have babies, weight comes whether you want it or not. <laughs> and not just baby weight, right? For most of us, we mm-hmm. pick up extra pounds. And for me, it was a, you know, struggle to get it off, get pregnant again, struggle to get it off. And it was always, you know, I would keep an extra five pounds every time. And that adds up. So um, probably, uh, I guess it was about around the time I was, in, I was, I was hitting close to 40, um, I, I was to the point where I got really tired of people saying, you look great to have had 12 kids. Um, and I heard that even before, you look great to have had 10 kids. And I know it was meant as a compliment, but how I heard it was how you would hear it if you were 60 years old and somebody said, you look great for your age, right? I just want to look great. I didn't want to hear that, you know, it was a concession that I'd had 14 kids. <laughs> So anyway, um, and, and again, it's that whole, if you can't manage one part, you lose control of the other part. And because I had some health challenges too, I had gotten to the point where I had pretty much not, uh, was not focusing much on the weight piece anymore. I was just miserable. And mm-hmm. so I kind of can relate to people that are in that boat. Um, in, in some ways, I can't because I've never gone the drug route. I've just watched other people do it. And so um, my, my signature line is sharing hope because I think a lot of times people just give up hope that they can manage those things. And you're so right. Um, when, when we have one arena that we struggle in, um, just like when we, have one, when we can help with coaching for somebody to get a grasp on, on one part of the wheel of their life, it becomes, you know, they start to balance out everything else. Um, when, when you're struggling with your health or you're struggling with weight, um, typically everything else just kind of takes a back burner to that and you just find yourself in a, I don't like to call it survival mode, but I just see so many people just, you know, existing and not living. And, and so that's really my passion is to give people back a zest for life and be able to um, enjoy life in all arenas. Well, beautifully said. Um, Judy, can I, let me ask you a personal question, if I may. And I think this will help some women who are listening to this. Um, in regards to getting pregnant, gaining the weight, losing the weight, etc., I know for myself, my first baby, I gained 
what I call a massive amount of weight. I gained uh, like 60 pounds. And it got easier and better the more I had. Um, And I know that for myself, taking that weight off was a very um, determined mental state of mind because I heard you say that before you were determined not to let it do that. You didn't allow that to happen. So my question is really two-part. One, um, did you find that during all your pregnancies you had an average amount of weight that you tended to gain during your pregnancy? That's my first question. Actually, kind of funny because I tended to gain more as I went along, along instead of less, and, and I, I really think um, a lot of times when we find ourselves in a judgmental state about somebody else, we end up getting to experience that for ourselves. And I can mm-hmm. remember, I think I was pregnant with my second, and I had only gained, I don't know, 20 pounds with my first, about 20, 25 pounds with my second, and I had a friend that gained 65 pounds. And in my head, I could not fathom how somebody could gain that much weight. I just couldn't. And so it wasn't that I was looking down on her, but there was a little bit of judgment there. You know, we do that a lot, even when we don't mean to. Um, and so it, it, it's really very ironic that with each pregnancy, I tended to gain a little bit more. And with my last pregnancy, guess how much weight I gained? 65 pounds? <laughs> Five pounds, exactly. <laughs> um, and I just, I couldn't fathom how I did it either. <laughs> but, but, you know, I was 45 when I was pregnant with her. And, and it, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Everybody does. Um, their body just adapts to pregnancy differently. And some people don't gain a lot of weight. And they manage to, you know, not have to worry about post-pregnancy weight. And some of us, you know, it becomes a struggle. And I think the older we get, the, the more that struggle um, is real. I, I believe so, too. When it comes to uh, women gaining the weight from their pregnancy and then trying to lose it, whether they've had one, two, or in your case, 14, um, what do you, from your experience, what was your key to success for getting that weight off? Well, part of it I do think is determination, right? Because unless you're willing to stick with something, it's not going to stick. Um, so that that is one part of it. But I, I honestly think that post-pregnancy weight is similar to anybody that's carrying around extra weight. And in our country, in our nation, we tend to eat more things that, don't resemble food as it Mm. originally came from the earth than we do things that do. And so we lack nutritionally. And I think a big, big thing that contributes to um, being, you know, at your ideal weight and for weight to balance and, and get back to that is addressing nutrition, addressing detoxification because all those things that don't resemble what they look like when they came from the earth are full of chemicals and toxins. So I think those two things are key. Um, and, and something that I really have not focused on enough until my um, later years in life um, is exercise because you don't have to exercise to release fat. In fact, I know a lot of people struggle more when they're exercising because they're looking at the scales. Um, 
and they feel like they're not having the success that they want. But in order to be healthy, and that's really our goal, um, exercise is important. So that that's another thing that I think um, it, it helps. Uh, it, it helps you to be able to not just manage your weight, but but manage your um, mental attitude. Uh, they mm -hmm. say that uh, exercise is better than antidepressants. So um, mm -hmm. I think it's really something that is important for us to, to consider when we're talking about managing our life, not just managing our weight. Yes. Well, exercise, it releases those endorphins. and Endorphins make you feel great. So exercise is, a, exercise is a wonderful drug in itself, isn't it? It is. And you can feel accomplished when you finish, even if the kitchen is still dirty and there's still piles of laundry. <laughs> yes. I'm learning to let that one go. Um, um, what I would love to know next is, in regards to your weight management um, coaching program, you mentioned detox. You've mentioned this a few times. Can you tell us a little bit more what um, detoxing the body means or what that looks like? Well, um, for, from, the, from the standpoint of weight release, a lot of times we carry extra fat cells because that's how our body protects us. When our liver is overloaded, and it, and it has so many jobs, um, but when it's overloaded with toxins and it's not able to process those toxins, it will encapsulate them in fat cells. So in order for us to release um, weight, we have to address the toxicity in the liver. And we all have toxicity in our livers. Um, so, you know, if, if you're not eating um, from your organic garden in your backyard, you are consuming things that get deposited in the liver. So it's really important to flush those toxins out of the liver. Uh, I developed a program, um, I guess it was last year. You know, January is the time everybody thinks about detoxing. And I de mm -hmm. developed a called Detox You, and, and I really didn't charge near what it was worth, but I wanted it to be something that just anybody could do. So for $10, you get a lifetime membership, um, and it, it basically helps you learn how to be successful detoxing. A lot of people um, tend to be all or nothing, and all is really hard, so it ends up being nothing. Um, and I teach well, how to detox slowly. So maybe maybe they're not going on a you know a fast to detox. Maybe maybe they're just um, you know adding in some detoxifying foods, lemon or you know apple cider vinegar. Those are things that help to cleanse the organs. So we we work our way up to that. Um, I also um, some of the products that I use. I use a tea that that is a detoxifier that focuses on the liver and the kidneys. And, and that particular tea um, is, I think, integral in a weight management system when it comes to detoxing. Uh, very informative. And <laughs> although I heard everything that you said, the one note that I wrote down was liver and fat cells. I'm like, ooh. Yes. <laughs> keep note of that, ladies. It's about the liver. Clean it out because we don't want those fat cells. So, so Dee Dee, let me shift over from it. You, you do have a business. Um, what's the name of your business again? Metamorphu. Metamorphu. And is that how people could find out more information is to look you up that way? Absolutely. Metamorphu.com. It's M-E-T-A-M-O-R-P-H and then the letter U, Metamorphu. Um, again, it's 
whole attitude of, you know, you have to change if you want things to change. So this is a, this is a way to help people make those changes. I love it. It's all about changing, being the best that we can be, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all those arenas of life that we talked about. Let's kind of shift over a minute because I know a lot of women are going, wait a minute, hang on, I need to know a little bit more. So you have a business and you have 14 children. Tell us a little bit more about, paint that picture for us of where you are in life right now out of 14, how many of them are home, and tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, um, we homeschool, and so even though we only have seven still at home, we are, we're at a point in life where um, I'm homeschooling all of them, actually. The, my goal is usually to have them pretty self-sufficient by the time they are um, leaving middle school, if not um, sooner. Um, we all know that, that girls tend to be a little more self-sufficient earlier than boys just because of their developmental um, mm-hmm. abilities. And, and so, you know, I have some boys that need a little bit more help, but we're, we're pretty uh, unbalanced now where we used to be very balanced. Our first 12 were six boys, six girls. And I only have two boys left at home, so it, it, we're, we're pretty estrogen dominant in our house right now, um, which, which leads to its own set of problems, right? Uh, <laughs> but but we, um, we homeschool and uh, have one in college, and we have uh, this policy that some of my children don't mind and some of them hate, but we don't let them get their driver's license until they're 18. So I, I tend to be... Um, carting her back and forth more than I do um, helping her with her school. Uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely busy. Um, one of the nice things about homeschool is it's relatively flexible. So, you know, we can do an hour here and an hour there. I know um, it's still, it, it still can be overwhelming. But that's, that's really how I keep things in motion is, you know, finding pockets of time instead of having a rigid schedule. Some people do really, really well on a rigid schedule. I don't. So mm-hmm. we just make sure it all happens before we go to bed. You know, so it might not all happen in the morning. We might do some in the morning, some in the afternoon. Um, because my business is sort of the same way. I have to make it work and make it fit in. And there's times when I take my lunch break to sit and talk to to Rhonda about how to balance your life and, and how to fit it all in um, when you're a busy mom. So you well, just, I really appreciate that. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, well, I enjoy it. I love helping other people, and I love giving people hope that it's possible. Well, I really appreciate your time. Um, the children that are remaining at home, um, what are their age ranges? What to the, what? The oldest is 17, and we are doing Move On When Ready. So she's in college. Um, she does some you know, high school stuff, and most everything she's doing is college level. Um, and that's a you know, half an hour commute back and forth to college um, mm. a day. And then um, a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, um, who will soon be 14. It's, this is a hard time of year because everybody's birthdays are in the spring. So I'll have one that will be 14 in April, one that just turned 12, uh, a nine-year-old, uh, six-year-old, and a four-year-old. God bless you. You do have your hands full. That's right. I got and, <laughs> um, what was that? 
I said that was seven, right? I got them all in there, I think. Yeah, it's seven, 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 yeah. five, six, seven, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you got everybody. Well, Dee Dee, um, you mentioned something that's really important, I think, for a lot of people about the flexibility. So whether you're a mom homeschooling or you send your children to public school, doesn't really matter. You're still a mom. You're still working from home. Would you um, just give a snippet of what your business schedule life might look like? Because I feel like some women are thinking, well, gosh, um, how busy how busy could she possibly be besides her children? <laughs> so let's give them a little insight as to what you do. Okay. So um, I have my metamorphy business. I also, um, the products that I use are from a network marketing company. So I have that business and um, uh, I'm at a leadership level, so I have quite a few people that I support with that. And again, it just it goes back to oh, and and don't let me forget to mention that we're on a little farm. Ed, it's not a big farm, but we have three horses and eleven goats and cats and dogs and you know all that goes along with that. Um, and we milk those goats, but. Um, Anyway, so it's definitely crazy. I won't, I won't tell anybody that it's not crazy. It is. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just about, you know, finding time to fit it in. So when I get up in the morning and while the kids are having breakfast, I might do a little bit of stuff online while they're having breakfast. Um, we're, we'll get some school done. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm carting back and forth to Macon. Um, and... Uh, I will respond to text on and off. I try not to do a lot of time-consuming business in the morning. I don't do any of my coaching in the morning. In fact, um, I have found that group coaching is a win-win. Um, I can do more at once, and the group tends to get more out of it because of the group participation. Mm-hmm. And you know, you may laugh at me, but it has worked really well. Um, we do our coaching call at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so that's on the East Coast. So if somebody's on the West Coast, they get to do it a little bit earlier. But, mm. but 10 o'clock is once everybody's in bed. So you just, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us have, you know, unproductive pockets of time. I have mm-hmm. done my best, and I still have those unproductive pockets, but I've done my best to to snag little 10, 15-minute increments of unproductive time and either multiply it by doing more than one thing at a time um, or uh, just find little ways to incorporate different things into the day so that I'm using that time wisely. Nicely said, Didi. I Nicely said. I'm actually kind of getting a visual picture, having a little mini farm with the kids, have the two businesses. Um, Self-sufficient, um, if I can just draw on that word really quickly, you said you like to have all the kids self-sufficient by the end of middle school, preferably. What does that mean, self-sufficient, in your house? Well, um, and, it, and it goes back to, uh, and in and lots of arenas again, but when it comes to education, we try to teach our kids to enjoy learning, um, not just, to master some piece of information, but to enjoy learning. And we do master information because that's important. But mm-hmm. I want them to have enough of a learn love for learning that they're trying to figure things out on their own without needing me to spoon feed it to them. And then when mm-hmm. they get to come and ask for help. Um, today, the 12-year-old, she's working on a, 
a research paper and you know she's done most of it herself but she's come and asked me for some help okay how do I do this bibliography um, just you know little things like that so I'm not sitting on top of her helping her do it I've, she's learned how to do these things on her own um, when it comes to self-sufficiency in other arenas you know when you have a big family everybody has to pitch in if it's going to all get done because we don't have a nanny. I don't have somebody here to help clean house and, and do the things that none of us like to do. We just trade around so that we each get a chance to do the things we don't like to do. And then mm -hmm. we get a week or two off, right? So we have assigned chores. Um, my girls all know how to cook by the time they're 10. They can make a loaf of bread or you know, cook supper if they have to. Um, my husband has been really good about teaching the boys to do the same thing. They're not much of bakers, but when it's time for supper, Everybody gets to do a little bit. We delegate so that it's not a, a big deal for anybody. Um, they, the, by the time they're 10 years old, they're washing their own clothes. We fight over the, the, the washer sometimes, but, but it, does, it helps them to learn how to take care of themselves. Uh, and, it, and it makes my life easier, and I think in the long run it makes their lives easier too. You know, what I took away from this is so much. Um, and I'm just writing myself a note because I wanted to say this. Your self-sufficient concept is really about self-empowerment for your children. And I, I know from when I work with women, I coach women, and they get a little overwhelmed, you said something very important. It's about delegating, learning to delegate things. Um, I know my daughter, uh, my older one, who shares an apartment with somebody, they were both like 24, I think, when they moved in. And her roommate, um, uh, somebody she worked with at the base, she says, Mom, um, he has no idea how to do laundry. He has no idea how to cook. He has no idea how to pick up after himself. And it was, I can picture his family must have enabled him throughout his life because they did the cooking, did the cleaning, did the laundry. And the gift that you're giving your children right now is priceless. And I, I hope everybody heard that. It, Teach, it's all about teaching our kids how to take care of themselves and being sufficient. Well, my kids don't necessarily appreciate it right now, but I think when they move out, they do. Um, and it's so true. Mm -hmm. I think we do our kids a disservice. You know, a lot of moms think they need to do it to show their love, and it depends mm -hmm. on your love language, right? But, but I think, you know, we need to teach them how to do these things for themselves so that they can when they move out, so that they, you know, they don't feel helpless. Um, and for, for my boys to grow up learning how to cook, I think that, you know, that, that makes them much more attractive. Um, to, Absolutely to, does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we grew up in an era where the women did all the work, right, and the men just came home from work and expected to, you know, have it all done for them. Um, and, and that's, you know, even in my own relationship with my husband, that's been something that has evolved over time. Um, I used to do it all, uh, and, and now we share a lot in responsibilities. Um, and we've taught the children how to um, do for themselves as well. And, and, I, and I need to say this because it was something that just kind of came to my mind when we were talking. I am a reformed perfectionist. So there was a point in my life when my oldest were younger that I always felt like I had to do it all because it had to be done to a certain standard. And I think I grew up with that. I was taught that everything had to be done perfectly. 
And I think that too is a disservice to our children um, to help them to see that it doesn't have to be perfect, that they, they should strive for excellence. But when, when we seek perfection, and this was, this, and this was something that, um, that came to me from a business aspect, but it was huge, and having other people help, um, because I always wanted to do it so it got done right. Um, if I was giving 100% of my effort and doing it 100% well, if I could spread that out among five people who were only doing 80%, or you could even you, know, you could drop that down to 50, that's still 150% more than I could give myself even if I was given 100%. Mm-hmm. So that concept really freed me at, in, at home as well as in my business to empower and enable, not enable, but you know, allow people to, um, to take responsibility even if they weren't doing it perfectly. That is some of the best advice I think a lot of women have heard. And I can relate to you with the Reformed perfectionist. I was brought up in that era too. And uh, it's only been, I think you have recovered a lot sooner than I have. Mine has only been probably in the last uh, you know, six or seven years. And it, it's very true. That. <laughs> What's that? I said having 14 kids forced that. <laughs> yes, you're 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 ten ahead of me. You're you're ten children ahead of me, and I'm going to let you have that win. So <laughs> you enjoy that, but you know what they, they do um, when, when we're teaching our kids how to take care of themselves and being self-sufficient. You're right; they don't really appreciate it at that given moment. Um, and I'm sure you've noticed this with your other kids because I noticed it with mine when she called me up and she says, "Mom, thank you for teaching me how to clean. Thank you teach for teaching me how to cook because." Now I know how to do it, and I don't have to feel um, like victim that I have to wait for somebody else to take care of me. So it's, it's a wonderful gift that we give our kids. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Well, I do respect your lunch hour, and I thank you so much for spending it with me, but I do want to ask you one last question. Uh, with your business and uh, you know, everything that you do, it sounds like you have great teamwork because you have delegation and you've got wonderful schedules and you teach your kids a lot. Do you have a favorite quote or, you know, any online resources that you'd like to share that would be useful to our listeners today? Well, my favorite quote will probably always be my favorite quote. I've seen lots of them and I like lots of them, but my favorite is Henry Ford. And he says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And that's Mm -hmm. something I also don't just share in coaching, but with my children all the time, because it, it's an attitude um, that, that empowers you to be able to do whatever it is that you're approaching if you think you can. So that's really my favorite quote. Um, online resources, I'm not sure that I have a favorite online resource. Um, I, I would encourage people to find some source of personal development that, that feeds their soul. Um, for me, I, I like to have a spiritual aspect to that as well as um, something that helps drive me in my business. I, I do a lot of personal development, but there's so much out there that you can access for free. 
um, whether it's YouTube and listening or, or getting an email from Darren Hardy every morning or Don Maxwell or somebody, find ways to feed yourself. Um, again, it doesn't have to be anything major. You don't have to spend an hour a day, but just little small snippets. It might just be a, a quick email that, that gives you a, a powerful quote that helps change your perspective for the day. But that would be my encouragement is for, you know, we, we tend to neglect ourselves as moms. Um, and, and I think it's just really important that we feed our souls. I love how you said that. Something that feeds your soul. Um, beautiful idea. Great suggestion. So, ladies, I hope that you heard that. And even DD says it doesn't matter if it's a minute, five minutes, or 30 minutes. Um, do something. It needs to resonate with you. You can really connect with it. Um, well, Didi, is there anything else that you'd like to share before um, we say goodbye? Because I know you have um, a house full and you have a lot of things to do today. I do, um, and and you know, like I said, life is busy, and and we always have controlled chaos sometimes more than others. But I just I I feel like there's a message that people need to hear, and and the the message is really it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and, and don't expect perfection. And when you look at somebody else, um, don't expect that they have perfection under, you know, under what you see because there's always, we always have, um, I don't know, I want to say messy lives. We don't have messy lives. But, but we all always have um, more depth to our life than most people see. So it, we tend to look at other people and judge our own successes based on other people's successes, and I think that's unfair. We should always only measure ourselves against ourselves, um, and we should just be, be better, you know, on a daily basis, and, and I, I just think that is the, the key to um, enjoying life is to always be striving um, to be better. Absolutely. I cannot remember the, the little quote that I saw the other day, but it has a lot to do with that. The only person you have to be better than is yourself. So Absolutely. Don't that. Yeah. yeah, don't compare yourself to other people. It's so true. There's so many different levels that you probably can't see and will never see, and you're doing yourself a disservice by comparing your life to theirs because yours is yours, and it's the only thing that you really have control over. Um, so just be your very best today. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Well, everybody, I want to thank Dee Dee again for being a guest on the show today. I do hope that you heard something that makes you feel like, man, if she can do it, I can do it because I know you can. Dee Dee, thank you for being on the show. I'm going to make sure that your Metamorphew uh, website is posted with your notes. And ladies and possibly gentlemen, thank you for listening in today for A Balanced Life for You because you really do design the life of your dreams. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.